Good afternoon, winners. Today is a big one. We made it. We are here. The last episode of 2023, the end of season one. What an incredible journey it has been. Hasn't it been, David? Yes. That's where you tell us how wonderful it's been. It's wonderful. It's been wonderful. I love it. There you go. Self-censored and everything. 23 doesn't seem like a lot of episodes, but when you do them every two weeks, it's pretty good. So we're sharing this most special of episodes with two truly badass guests. So I'd like everyone to give a very warm welcome to Drew and Z, hosts of Cryptid Warfare Podcast. Say hello. Yeah. Hey. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Drewski. This is Z, baby. Yeah. Z, yeah. Yeah, you are. We're very honored to have you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. You are the first cryptid hunters that we've had on our show. We've had paranormal people. We've had all mm-hmm. kinds of walks of life, but we haven't yet to have cryptid hunters. So I'm really excited, especially for you guys to help us close out the season. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is you guys do? Okay. So basically, oh, okay. So of course you guys know we do, me and Z do a podcast and then, uh, also on Instagrams and stuff, but our main bread and butter is cryptid hunting for uh, all of y'all guys who don't know what that is. It's almost like paranormal investigations, but we go out and we investigate cryptids like Bigfoot, Dogman, Wendigo, Skinwalker, stuff like that. So uh, it's basically where Zook and I started off at. We actually, um, yeah, it's basically where him and I started off at, and that's where we actually met each other was on a hunt. So for uh, yeah. for old for old Biggins, old Bigfoot, no kidding. <laughs> very fascinating so how did you make that transition from cryptid hunting to podcasting well uh it was actually kind of my idea i guess because i used to i used to binge on podcasts um like crazy because whenever i was in law enforcement we'd just be just basically just doing like stakeouts and stuff like that so just be chilling just waiting on certain guys we had to extract or whatever. And then there's a lot of like downtime. So I would just binge on podcasts instead of Netflix. Cause I didn't want to uh, focus my attention on a screen. I still needed to be vigilant. So I just had a earbud in and just listening to podcasts the whole time. And then when I moved nice. here, uh, that's when I met Zook and I was still binging out on podcasts and Zook and I hit it off like right off the bat. And uh, I was like, you yeah. know what, dude, we can do this. Oh, we can yeah. just be ourselves, jack around, have fun, you know, and just, you know, just talk. Because him and I just talk constantly. Like Zook says, he's like diarrhea out the mouth. He doesn't shut <laughs> so up. I so I am. away. Get him a wet one. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Look at that, Dookie. You feel right at home. <laughs> mm. Yes. That's why I have a little left. Right here. Okay. It's got a bidet. <laughs> Anyways, my tongue's a bidet. Um, oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we uh, we hit it off well, and I don't know. It, it was a lot like like cryptids and just some experiences that we went through growing up. Um, we realized there's not a lot of people out there who are open to share this stuff, and mainly because yeah. we really, really want to help build a community where people feel safe and comfortable sharing their experiences, um, and. And two, I mean, there are so many people who bring take this stuff to their grave. And some people, it would actually 
uh, just just for some people, they feel so alone when they isolate themselves that that puts them in a pretty dangerous spot. So we're hoping to be that voice, so to speak, out in the wilderness to kind of help make a difference and uh, be a platform for them to share on. And that's kind of what's leading us. Well, well, God led us to do this, but it's just really, really cool opportunity that's opening up. That is the most beautiful and most well-composed explanation. I'm going to steal that for the future when I get asked that question. <laughs> Not related. Yes, <laughs> you guys are both former military, correct? Negative. No, but I do have a, a military friends, law enforcement buddies. Yeah. So you're so, like yeah. one, you know, that's, is that, can you carry a yeah. gun and everything legally? It's like, that's, you're just like could, godfathered yeah, in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, what's pretty cool is about the guys <laughs> that, is that the guys that we got on our cryptid operating hunting team. A lot of guys are, Ex-military, ex-law enforcement, bounty hunters, stuff like that. So we all and then me and then Zook. <laughs> Zook's our tech guy. So it's like tech and video. That's, that's what he's there for. He's our he's our tech guy. So we're actually pretty stupid. And Zook's the brains basically in the whole outfit when it comes to tech. <laughs> I, stuff, I, I'll so. like direct them. Yeah, but he's but like, yeah, we don't know what to do with this drone, Zook. What do you do? He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just flipping around, jumping butt, man. You, yeah, yeah. It's all about the angles, guys. All about the angles. Um. So, so I, yeah, I have but, a question, guys. Yeah. We, uh, I, I just want to give a shout out real quick to JD City Hill, who uh, made hey, a video of, of what when up, I was hey? on your guys' show. I asked uh, these guys, uh, why the fuck have we not caught Bigfoot yet? And their response was fucking awesome. So he made a video of that. He put it out there. So thank you for that, JD. But I wanted to ask you guys, what's the best evidence you have captured on these hunts? Do you have anything that's like, that's it, your like cornerstone. This is what I have. We caught this or we found this or something very big blood, hair and footprints. Well, I saw a couple of oh, the footprints and that, that was about it. Just blood, man. So these things. Blood? Are, wow. Yeah. So now you guys have uh, a story that you shared with me before via voice note about your most harrowing experience while on a cryptid hunt. So would you care to recount that for our audience today? Oh, right. yeah, I'm trying to think which one. Was that oh the one God. that is that the one that we were getting hunted by those drug dealers? That is the one where you were being hunted, and that's all that you left for our answer to the question <laughs> yeah, of the week. Okay, so that's awesome. we got so, so basically, this is back in like 2015. This is when I. 2014, 15, whatever. This is actually when I first transitioned from Colorado to Tennessee. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> transitioned from man to woman. Yeah, so that's when I moved from uh, <laughs> say it again, moved from Colorado to Tennessee. So anyway, so, so anyways, yeah, so we moved here and uh me and Zook met each other on a sponsored cryptid hunt. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so in a nutshell, how it all started was uh me and my wife when like well, like me and my wife moved here, she was already going to this church, so as soon as I got in here, I dove head and first in and I was just asking God, I was like, okay, what the heck you want me to do, man? I, I don't know. I, only skills I got is just tactical skills, I guess. So what was cool is that um, the first Sunday I went there, the head of security, his name was Cameron. What up, Cam? Hey, man. He he came to me and he's like, hey, your wife told me about you. Um, I want you on the scary team. I'm like, all right, cool. So truth be told, he was actually a cryptid hunter as well, but he was like, he was like on the low, low about it. So him and I got yeah. to know each other really good. And then he, we were talking about the mountains and I was like, dude, like 
call me crazy, but I used to hunt for Bigfoot in Colorado. And he's like, what? So that opened up that door. And he's like, hey, I got a sponsored Bigfoot hunt I'm going on. You want to go? I was like, hell yeah, I'll go. He's like, well, I just need you as security detail so that way no one dies. I'm like, all right, cool. So I got a bunch of guys together that I knew, and we basically went there with them as like basically as like weapons liaisons. That way no one would die. And then that was when I met Zook. So and then after that, me and Zook got connected. And then like a year later, Zook, we used to go on hikes and stuff all the time. And Zook was like, hey, I got a good idea. Let's go to this place where there's where they're actually known for Bigfoots and orbs and portals and stuff. I'm like, let's go. What can go wrong? What can go wrong, right? Let's go. <laughs> so I trusted him. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's cool, man. It's me. cool. I cool. trusted me. So ever since that, I always do like digging in and trying to get as much intel as I can now because of this guy because he fumbled the ball. <laughs> so, so anyway, so anyways, yeah. So to be your reason yeah so anyway so him and i met at the church with one other guy um we drove up about like an hour away to this part of tennessee i was asleep in the car then zook woke me up he's like hey man we're here i have no idea where we're at so we get out and zook's like hey there's like six fire towers that are looking over like this mountain range this is where like these supposed portals are at and orbs and bigfoot are around like all right cool man let's go walk around check this stuff out so I had like a tactical shotgun. I had my pistol on me. Um, so we're out in the wilderness at these fire towers and uh, we're walking. Well, before we did that, we actually parked, we actually backed in the vehicle into like some brush and we covered it. Thank God we did. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. We got out, went up to the first fire tower. I grabbed, I got my shotgun and I gave it to this guy who I'm not going to say who his name is. Um, he basically said, he goes, yeah, man, I'm good to go. Okay, cool. So I gave him my shotgun. I'm like, hey, you just be as point down on the bottom of the fire tower and you radio us if you hear anything. All right, cool. So Zook and I went up to the top of the fire tower. We're looking at this beautiful, well, it was dark, but we're, with our flashlights, we're looking at this huge like mountain range area. And wow. um, and as him and I are looking at these fire towers, I see this, I see this light like far away, about a good half mile to a mile out. And it's like this truck just hauling butt going down going down the side of this mountain area i didn't think anything of it so me and zuck go down and we start walking to the second fire tower but sure enough i believe it was the holy spirit me and zuck and this dude were walking on this dirt road to the next fire tower and i just get like this gut feeling like dude something's gonna be coming down this dirt road i'm telling you something's gonna be coming down this dirt road and sure enough, dude, I look back about 100 yards, this truck's hauling butt over this dirt road at us. So the first words I said was, get off the road. So me, Zuck, yeah. and this other guy, we jumped into the brush, right? As soon as we jumped into the brush, this truck slowed down and was pulling up with a spotlight looking. Dude in the front with the pistol, the spotlight, and the other dude mm. in the back. Well, what sucked, though, was that when I jumped down into the bush, the guy who had the shotgun behind me jumped and had the shotgun pointed at me. Oh, shit. He's good. Yeah. Let's pause right there for a second because I want you to see my perspective. Because as soon as uh, Drew was like, get off the road, get off the road. I mean, it was it was like a, it was a drop off. Yeah, man. Probably like 15 foot. 
Yeah, it was pretty far out. I mean, it was it was steep, but I mean, we just jumped straight out and just dropped down. Yeah, we didn't know. No, no, yeah, it was the, I didn't see. It. I'm just like he said, jumps. I'm like, how high? Okay, and you're just falling for a determined amount of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I landed right in the middle of like a family of thorn bushes. And then like, a family, God, the yeah, children. Massive, yeah, it, it was, was a, a straight up <laughs> Mexican family. I can yeah, say dude, that. It was a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a and, bunch of a bunch of Chicanos, man. I was just joking. <laughs> and then I saw, and then I saw a dude like he just he kind of like dropped down to his butt and just started like booty scooting, like, <gasps> like with the with the shotgun trying to get down. And then like I saw it aiming it like down at Drew, and I'm like, oh. And I was oh shit! Between him and Drew, him and Drew, I'm like, well, this is it. <laughs> I could think of anything else. Um, and I'm already, you know, getting harassed by that Mexican family of thorn bushes. But I like, yeah. Then, uh, then Drew, <laughs> it was fun. Then you're like, you were like, you give me that. Yeah. So basically, so basically, as I jumped, I looked down. Zook's in a family of thorn bushes, and this guy's scooting with his butt down with the shotgun pointed at me. I literally flipped. I said, "Give me that!" I grabbed that shotgun, ripped it out of his hands, and go, "What are you doing?" And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I seen that truck. So I was like, just give me that shotgun, you're done. So we seen these dudes. I'm I'm like, I'm like hit behind the tree. And then they can't see us. So as they're going, I got the shotgun pointed at them, just like just watching them, watching them, watching them, watching them. And they're they didn't see us. So then they take off hauling ass to the next tower, right? So I'm like, guys, I like that Zook. I was like, dude, what the freak? And he's like, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I I've never been experienced here. that before. I haven't been like, here in what three years? <laughs> it's been a while. Like I've been there several times before, but none of that ever happened before. Like, and we walked all around. Me and my other buddies uh, there. So I don't know. It was weird. So, anyways, yeah. So as soon as they took off, I was like, "Look, screw the lights. We're just gonna use the moon as our light. It's bright enough. So we're gonna jump on the dirt road and we're just gonna haul butt back to the car." So as we were going. I was like praying. I was like, Lord, please do not, please have them not found our car and slash the tires. That, that's the one yeah. thing I was worried about. That was trapped there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So as we're running to the car, it's about a good mile, mile away. We're just, we're running. And then sure enough, that vehicle comes hauling butt back. So I said, get off the road again. So Fuck. we go left into these trees and we keep running. And what sucks though, was that, you have this the first fire tower and our vehicle was in front of it in the brush. The second fire tower was across the street. They pulled in there. They actually backed in to where the lights were facing the road, right? Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there in the trees on the opposite side of the road looking at them. They can't see us. And I'm like, dude, what the freak are we going to do? Like we have to go down this road in front of them. So they shut off the lights and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to wait for us. As soon as they see these shadows go across the road, they're going to hit the high beams and it's game on, right? So anyway, so me and Zook are kind of just sitting there. So I'm like, okay, we're just sitting ducks, dude. That that trip turned was supposed to turn into one hour. We were there for like four to five hours just sitting there. Yeah, we were ready to hunker down all night. Oh, so anyways, yeah, so as we're sitting there in the trees, I look over to my left and we see these orbs about a good, about a good 200 oh, yards shit. out coming towards us, right? And I'm thinking, dude, those are flashlights. They dropped two guys off over there to flush us out. That's what I was thinking. I was just thinking like that. And Zook's all, uh, I think those are orbs, dude. Yeah, no. And I was like, okay, yeah. let's get out of here. Yeah, uh, let's so go, like, to right, let's day, get out of here. Like, I have no idea exactly what it was, but they were bouncing and moving around. Uh, I didn't hear any noise, but they're pretty far away. Yeah, so 
anyway, so after that, I was like, screw it, let's just go. So as soon as we hit hit, hit the dirt road, I gave Zook, um, I gave Zook uh, the keys of the vehicle. I was like, look, you guys just go. If they hit the high beams, it's game on. I'm just gonna start slinging lead, and I swear to God, you better come back for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> <I'm a friend. laughs> yeah. So, so as soon as we started creeping up past the vehicle, we locked out because because two of the guys got out and they went around the fire tower with their guns, flashlights, looking. So we're like, oh, cool, that's our break. So we took off running to the vehicle. I grabbed mm-hmm. the keys from Zook, loaded all the gear in, turned the vehicle on, busted out of the brush, and we hauled butt from. Woodbury all the way to Tennessee, uh, all the way to uh, to Murfreesboro. So yeah, that Jeez. was our, yeah that crypt. So were story. these good old boys, or were they? Well, what, was what happened it? was uh, the next day uh, I talked to a couple of, like my law enforcement buddies that worked that area, and I showed them what area we were at on the map, and they said, "Are you effing crazy?" I was like, "I don't know anything about this place. Dude. I just moved here." They're like, "Well, in Woodbury, you have you actually have a safe side. Well, where we were at was on the non-safe side, right?" <laughs> they have, uh, I guess they're growing pot there. They're growing weed fields out there. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. So those those guys, I guess, they thought we were intruding on their on their fields. So they're out there basically to whack us. And also, too, uh, they actually have uh, remnants of of the Manson family religion out there of the cult. Out oh there. shit! Yes, lucky. And they, active. Yeah. And they also have uh, what are they like that like that campsite of nudists? Colonists. Oh yeah, it's a gay colony. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a gay colony out there of nudists. Yeah, so they're just not being very naked not. in the woods. Yeah, man. There, so there's yeah, a bunch. So what is there to not be nice about? If you're a gay and you're living among other men who are all naked, why are you grumpy? That's like a heaven for most people. I have no idea. I guess they just don't like outsiders. <laughs> they said he said that law enforcement yeah. won't even go on that side to answer calls. They said it's it's just. It's like their own really, rules. You're on your they've own with a dead heart attack. <laughs> yeah, they've had a couple cops that gotten shot at and killed, so they don't even go there no more. So they're like, you're freaking stupid for going out there. I was like, well, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, next week. I'm glad you guys are safe and <laughs> you got out of that. Yeah. Yeah, what an experience, though. Yeah, <laughs> and then that was when I was like, yeah. I'm catching you again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he mainly leads these expeditions now. <laughs> See, life lessons are learned. See, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun. But on my behalf, I really didn't know. He didn't like, know. He didn't know. Like, I was thinking to that area as well. I thought it'd be fun. I'm like, oh, portals, big foot. Let's go check it out. Yeah. No, it'd be enticing for sure. So I'm going to unleash a game on you guys. I don't think you may or may not have heard this before, actually. I'm not sure. But it's called Red Flag, Green Flag. So the purpose of this game is I have you each tell me one thing that a stranger would view as like a positive attribute or something really good about yourselves. Uh, And then one thing that is a red flag. And everyone knows what I mean by that. Let's see. Some people think I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Tony Merkel. (laughs) <laughs> sweet buttermilk tony man uh, um and some people don't like my humor i know that sounds like super lame uh no i don't i wouldn't consider it lame yeah yeah that is super lame you're gonna have to do better than that z come on man wow. <laughs> come on buddy i know okay. you got something in you okay so okay red flag for me is uh it's kind of a good thing but it's also it's 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 been a bad thing i'm really trying to be conscientious about it is um Oh God! I guess being too blunt. Um, I know there's a time and place for that, but <laughs> yeah, it's also having a lot of empathy. You know, that's something I'm really trying to work on. Um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just kind of like a safety mechanism, but that's one thing I do like during like hard times or death or whatever like that. I'm just, you know, or just anything tragic bad happens. It's just, I guess it's just from prior, like working law enforcement and training and stuff. Like you got to just like bottle that stuff up, lock it down and, you know, deal with it later, but later never comes. So it always bubbles up to the surface and I just snap. So that's something I'm trying to work on. And that's like a red flag for me. So just being open and honest on that. Oh, I, I love open and honesty. That's, that's, yeah. You know, I can say, I about that too, Mike, because for me, like, yeah, I moved around so much and, and as a form of uh, adapting in all my new environments from cities to country life to urban life and all this stuff, like I just get into certain clicks and stuff like that. Um, and I would kind of gain uh, traits from other people and I'd, I would be a jerk sometimes or I would just be, oh, I wouldn't really ever be nice. Like I would just be like rough around the edges and then living that lifestyle growing up. And um, I just, I don't know, I'm just a bit of a, I used to be a really, really big jerk. And um, I still, I'm still working on empathy because I'm so quick to react. Um, Cause I'm all, I don't know. I'm always on edge. Like, but yeah, that's something I definitely need to work on is just uh, my tone of voice and then um, just empathy for sure. Yeah. Also, too, um, I know with him, same thing with me. Um, we're the type of dudes that if we just focus on something, we give it 110 oh, yeah. percent instead of like compartmentalizing things. You know what I mean? So and that's one thing that kind of causes problems with my family a little bit. But, um, you know, but that's one thing I am getting better at is like example, like we got this hunt coming up um, in two weeks. So, yeah, the 29th, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been yeah. uh, I've been pushing a lot on that. But, um, yeah, my wife's like, dude, you've done this 100 times, you know, you know what to do. Just kind of kick it back. And I'm like, I know, I know you're right. I usually try to over prepare. But. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, you know, it's just something I'm, I'm dealing with and I kind of just get caught up in it and not realizing like, Hey, time's flying by with other people. You know what I mean? Like your family and friends and stuff. So yeah. And also too, you have a beautiful family, by the way, Drew, I just want to say that because uh, I saw those, those Thanksgiving pictures, man. Beautiful family, dude. I appreciate it, brother. I really do, man. Hey, you do too, man. That was Thanks for that pick you sent. That was, that was a good one, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Family, man, for 100, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, that's, that's what I got. What about you, Z? That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, and then you said, like, a green light? A green flag. Yep, something positive. Oh, I like uh... – <laughs> that was bad. I like transitioning. Oh god. Oh gosh. Let's see. You kind of Okay. I just love life, man. I don't know. I just, I just really just try to make uh, everyday count. You know what I mean? Everyday count. So Aww. that's why that I try to get it beautiful. Yeah, life is way too short. What about you? Yeah, man, dude. Uh, Well, I was in an accident. I mean, I've Mm -hmm. screwed up my body a little bit, but um, freaking epic scars. But yeah, I used to have a bad drinking and drugging problem. And then uh, God really changed my life. Like my car, there's a spider right Uh, (laughs) over. Got it. No, I want to gain its powers. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. (laughs) I'm sorry to carry (laughs) it. 
<laughs> See, that's my positive. That's my green light right there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I must tell people because of my, my really, really bad addiction. Um, went the wrong way down a well-known parkway in Nashville and um, ended up snapping my car in half. My engine was in my passenger seat. Like, I truly, oh, yeah. like, it, I don't know. It was weird. Like, I really should have survived that because, um, like, I broke my ribs and all crap. And I got the epic scar on my shoulder. Um, nobody really knows about it, but now... Everybody does. <laughs> you well, I mean, no. you could still uh, trick people with it, make up all kinds of stories. I mean, yeah, man, yeah, bro. That's like what you got to me. That was his finger. Oh man, golly, small world. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up on that one. Uh, a green light too is uh, I'll just say family, friends, you guys. Um, the cool thing is that us starting doing this, uh, it got us to meet, uh, have us meet a lot of cool people. You, Adam, um, you, David, you, Amanda, um, Kevin, uh, Farah, um, <laughs> just a, you know, just, just a lot of, just an awesome community. Even though we're actually spread out throughout the country, like it's, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It kind of feels like that we're like brothers and sisters in a way. You know what I mean? So it's really nice, like Cryptid Huntress. Yeah, Jessica one. Jones. Yeah, man. She's yeah. She's like, in a way, it's like we have so many different options. Yeah, <laughs> I call it options, options and aspects and views, but we're still one voice because yeah. we cover yeah. so much of the same umbrella. Like oh, yeah. we're all under the same umbrella. Too many people are cutthroat in this in, in industry. Like, dude, seriously, man. I'm like, dude, it's freaking weird, yeah. man. There are like billions of people. We're all on the same like, team, dude. I don't know. Who yeah. cares if we have different like theories and you know facts or whatever? Who cares, man? We're all on the same team. Yeah, and if a cryptid ever attacks you, I'm not going to help. Yeah, you know, let's all be. <laughs> <laughs> you said they didn't exist. You're on your own. No, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, those are really good flags, and I appreciate you guys are so Absolutely. like you dove deep for those and really pulled us yeah, some dude. good ones. So that's. You put to shame a lot of other people that have answered that question. Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> uh, hear that, y'all? Open and honest. Yeah, yeah. for real, man. Far raised. Right yeah, Z, I never would have guessed any of that, man. Never. Yeah. I do, Either. guys. Good man. Either. He has yeah. he has a reason for things and whatnot. Because now I can help those people. Yeah. Who also dealt with all wonderful, man. Yeah, but yeah, that's cool, man. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to jump real quick to our question of the week from the last episode. Um, I'm going to have you guys answer first. Then we have just a couple a couple answerers of people on social media. My question was, what blessings are you counting this holiday season? So let's go around and talk about what we're thankful for. You know, I know it's corny, but it is our technically our New Year's episode. It's the last one before the end of the year. So what is something you guys, as simple or as complex as you'd like, are thankful for this year? Oh, man. Well, for one... Um well, so far, um, kind of, I guess, uh, in the country that we live in, even though, you know, there's a lot of fear porn out there, I call it, of what the news is putting out in the media. But as of right now, fear we can still, that's why I call it fear porn. But uh, as of right now, you know, we can still <laughs> worship any God we want. We can hang out with anybody we want. We can say what we want to an extent, I guess. But I guess face to face you can, but on social media they kind of screw you over. But, anyways, uh, but as far as that, you know, we can we still live in the most blessed country, in my opinion, in the world. Mm-hmm. Still, still, yeah. still to this day. And um, uh, I got some friends. I got actually, I got a lot of friends that are overseas right now, and two that are in India. Um, one made it out. She's in California right now. I'm supposed to be seeing her uh, this show, uh, this Christmas break. So, but her sister, uh, Jaya, she lives in Hatterbad. Um, 
in like the central southern part of India, but not a lot of women and Christians out there are getting um, are getting killed by Al Qaeda and Muslims and stuff simply for having a Bible app on their phone. Um, wow. They're getting raped and stuff, and they really can't have a voice and just you know and just seeing what's going on throughout the world. You know, I'm just I'm just blessed and glad that I could raise my kids and have friends and family that are here and, um, you know, that we're not going through persecution just yet. You know what I'm saying? It kind of gives us time to prep and prepare. And, um, yeah. And, you know, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my wife, hands down. Um, like I said, um, uh, over eight years ago when I was in law enforcement, like that job literally almost tore my marriage apart. And, um, and yeah. And then when we split up, she moved here and, uh, I was down there and, God got a hold of me a couple times, almost died a couple times doing the job. But like I said, didn't want to raise my kids there. So we moved here and uh, that was the best decision I ever did so far in my life, man. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, and then also like starting up this podcast, Z, Z is my brother. Um, I thank God uh, for all my, uh, I, I really thank God uh, for all like my operator brothers I got on Cryptid Warfare, Brian, Taylor, um, uh, BX, oh God, Steven, uh, Scott, what else we got, man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Brian's <laughs> dad, big, big D. Yeah. We have some guys who can't make it They're pretty much like on call, but it's just yeah. cool. Cause we have backups. And- yeah. So basically if anything happens, like crap, hits the fan, I make one call They're They're there running. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's very good to have people like that in your corner. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thankful for. And then you guys as well. I'm um, just, you know, just being in this community. So, yeah, I'm very thankful that for that. That's nice. Yeah. And Great answer. What about you, Z? Yeah. I'm uh, thankful for my friends, family, and uh, really this this podcast giving us a voice, um, <clears throat> the people we've been able to meet while doing it. So we feel yeah. we don't feel like we're so freaking crazy. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this world is so freaking – there's just so much more – I know I'm getting this from Transformers that, that meets the eye. Uh, just, just. <laughs> I mean, it's more just, than meets the eye. Transformers, <laughs> robots in the skies. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we always got rabbit tricks, guys. Dude, I know. <laughs> leave it to me. Bring it back, buddy. Bring it back. Bring it back. I mean, shoot, man. If we're actually in love, like a like a, a gunfight or something, like fight for our lives against like a skinwalker or something, like of course, like I'll. He, I don't know, me or him, like, we'll start, like, cracking jokes or something. <laughs> it, does, but it calms. It That'll calms. probably save you. It'll be like, oh, this guy's funny. You should let him live. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I guess we'll try it. <laughs> I'll, you know, if you don't see us anymore, then it didn't really work out. But, you it know didn't what? work. Okay. But, uh, yeah, thankful for the community that we're building and the people that we're definitely meeting. Um, and it's just – it's a fun ride. It is a very hard ride because uh, on top of <laughs> – You mother – you're quicker than me that's also what she said (laughs) (laughs) bring it back dude Uh, I'll try Uh, (laughs) she said okay Um, but yeah there's just uh, a lot to be thankful for when when doing this because you realize just how big the world is because so many people actually listen to you talking like just I don't know there's just so, so much, so much power with, with a voice. And there are a lot of people who don't, they either don't have the option or they can't share their opinions about things. So it's cool to be able to 
speak wisdom or knowledge based off what you learn and yeah. you chat. But, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for this. Um, knowledge transfer. Yeah. Knowledge dump. Uh, let's see. Well, of course, family it goes without saying, uh, I'm, uh, very thankful for you, Amanda, to be honest. Uh, meeting no. you this year has been fantastic. We've, uh, we're doing this thing together and it's really awesome. I, I was fortunate to meet like Kevin and you guys, Drew and Z here. I was kept fortunate enough to meet all these wonderful people uh, from all over the United States. And it's been really nice. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm thankful to be alive. And you know, yeah, still. That's Still what. kicking, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're and that's killing it. Nothing it, else. Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I see them numbers boost up. I'm like, they're getting it. Yeah. yeah. He's killing yeah. it, especially. What, 50,000 cumulative now or more than that? I can't remember. It's how many 71 people. or 72,000 at this point. Yeah. But who's That's, imagine if that many people were in one area at one time. You could sell out an arena Dude. with your followers. Yeah. Wow. We're lucky. Yeah. It's growing. We're very lucky. Yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah. Amanda Bynes. Amanda? <laughs> Amanda, please. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely say I'm very grateful that my pets are still with me. I've unfortunately the past few years, I've lost one almost every year. Um, but I have a 15-year-old dog and two 15-year-old cats that are still the epitome of health for the most part. I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful that um, they've been in my life for so long. I'm grateful for especially meeting David and a, a couple of the other people that we've found. I've really found like a tribe, a place that I normally I have to work to hide myself in social settings because I'm not generally accepted. So it's really nice that I could just be myself and be dorky and weird and out there. And people vibe with it. And some people don't, but that's part of life. But I, I just love that there's people who I don't have to fake around. And I can just be me. So that's probably what I'm most appreciative for. Oh, yeah. 10-4 on that one. Yeah, we all made it. <laughs> now let's all have a collective cry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual tears for everybody. <laughs> I know. We are going to throw some real quick recaps out there just because it's our end of year. So we've been going since, oh, I don't remember the date, early February. I think the 6th. I'm probably wrong, but somewhere in early February. David, you joined in April or May, I want to say. It somewhere was somewhere May or June, somewhere around there. Yeah. Somewhere around then, David jumped on board. Um, we have, since creating One Nothing, we are in 39 countries, 807 cities infiltrated. We are getting ready to break the cusp of 5,800 downloads, according to Buzzsprout. Apple has different numbers, but I just go by Buzzsprout's numbers. But um, the people that we've met are just incredible. Uh, we have a couple cities that stand out as our highest listener accounts, and that's New York, L.A., Chicago, and Secaucus, New Jersey. So if any of you guys listening are from one of those cities, give us a shout on social media, and I'm going to send you a free sticker. Or you can email us Secaucus. at podcast at gmail.com. Stickers now, get them now, and now I get down. <laughs> <laughs> They're cute stickers. There are a little time machine, which I didn't even get the. I should show you guys our time machine, considering you'll be getting into it here pretty soon. Let me. How do I get that one? Okay. There's our little time machine. Oh, that's cool. So oh, you're going to cool. be in there oh, when wow. we're talking. Yeah. Excellent. So this is the sticker. <laughs> no, See? They, no they love to have one. 
There it is. We'll have to get your Addy so I can send you one. But that's what you guys are missing out on. So, yeah, give us a shout. Now, looking back on 2023, what is the hardest battle that you've gone through? Aside from the entire year of events. Well, for me, uh, it started late late in the year, like December of last year this time. My wife was in the hospital. There were so many pregnancy complications. Uh, the doctor came oh in gosh. and was just, you know, saying the worst case scenario, like, you, your baby's more likely not going to make it. But I got an early confirmation from God and already told, like, my in-laws and my family, like, the baby's going to be fine. Like, it literally came from nowhere. Because, cause like, my gift of the Spirit would, uh, is definitely prophecy. But, uh, like, uh, I don't know. It was, it was just weird because we, we were on, like, a, a high. We had, like, a 10-year anniversary. We went out west. And then on the way back, um, I think a couple weeks later, we found out she was pregnant. And I'm like, oh, cool. Who's dead? No, I'm just kidding. No, so I'm like, this, so I was like oh, this is really cool. So then about, like, a month later, it was, like, a random vision that, that I ended up getting. And, um and it was just of a lot of pregnancy. Like, it was a lot of issues, and I knew it was regarding our daughter. Like, I knew I was going to have a daughter. I just knew I was. Um, but I knew she was going to be fine. But God was just just saying, just sit tight. Everything's going to be okay. I'm like, what does that even mean? And then um, that's shortly after my wife started, like, showing uh, a lot of – or having a lot of co- uh, complications. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and, and then she ended up being born February 5th. Um, not my wife, but <laughs> um, but over two months, we were in the, we were in the hospital. <laughs> See, okay, I use I obviously use so much humor, but like literally, my humor has not not just like helped me get by like hard times of life, but it's literally saved my life. Because <laughs> like back when the people used to hang out with, like I've had guns pointed at me and crap, but like I deescalated it with humor, man. I'm telling you, it saved my life. Um, but my daughter was born two months early as well. And, uh, I, Oh my gosh, man, you're like 2.2 pounds. I mean, I can hold her just with both my hands like this. Um, and now she's like a little cute little beluga. Like, man, she is really blown up. Um, but she is a cute kid, man. Not just saying that cause she's oh, my baby. Congratulations. Like, you're biased. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's that beautiful. would be uh, one of the hardest things, uh, this year. Um, but, okay. That is good, man. And I'm so thankful for this. So thank you for my family. That's beautiful. Thank you. What you got for us? Oh, well, I got a, uh, well, going to be a 16-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 2-year-old. So trying to juggle all that. And then my wife, my artwork, podcasts, cryptid hunts, other things like that's kind of the, I guess that's kind of the struggle is trying to compartmentalize time with my kids. You know what I mean? So try not to starve them. You know what I'm saying? So be there for, you know, the good or bad on it. And uh, yeah. So I'm sure you, yeah, David, you know, with having a teenage daughter, it's all boy. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) man. Oh, hey, yeah, I never. I don't get it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I know. So, uh, also, too, yeah. um, I guess the whole like dating aspect, because I wouldn't say dating, she's more like courting. Um, it's really hard for me as a protective dad, I guess, to kind of start to kind of give her like a little bit off the leash, is what you can say, I guess, because I'm very, very protective of her and, of course, all my other kids. But 
is the hardest part is just it's it's awesome seeing her grow up, but it's also the hardest is seeing her grow up too. So knowing that I'm trying to teach her everything I can. If it sticks, that's another question, but you know, just trying to do the best I can with what I got and knowing that she's going to make mistakes and she's gonna make hurtful mistakes, but that's that's a part of the process, you know what I'm saying? Part of life, yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, so that's kind of been the hardest part for me is just I still look at her as like my baby girl, but she's hmm. she's getting older, man. So yeah. You guys have some really beautiful answers. Way to let's let's kill the mood now, David. What you got? No, I'm just kidding. I I actually I don't have any children of my own, so uh, I'm oh, with my yeah. girlfriend. We've been together for five years, and she has adult children, so I was lucky. I skipped all that. But li- li- if I could just say this about what Drew was just saying, don't lock it down too hard because it pushes them out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And you want you kind of want to avoid that shit too, because that's yeah. you, you're you're basically pushing straight to what whatever they're going to do. They're going to do it anyway. So just yeah. just that little point, but. Um, yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm glad about my wife is she's kind of like the voice of reason. She's like, "Come on, Andrew." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, you're right, you're right." But yeah, Anyways, interesting, right? But uh, we uh, towards the end of summer, well, actually, in the middle of summer, uh, we had a, a cancer scare for my uh, my girlfriend, and she had uh, like they thought they found something in her breast, and they thought. It was what it was, and they were going to, we're doing tests and all this stuff. Those are uh, two solid months of, you know, very, very concerned that she was going to end up with cancer. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy that if I wait till I get all the results, right, before I make any kind of, I don't worry about, I try not to worry about anything because you can't worry until it actually, you're actually there. Yeah. But this was yeah. different, man. That's I was good. worried. From the get go, man, I was like having all these thoughts of like this could possibly happen or that could possibly happen. What do we do? You know, and I, I actually volunteer for the American Cancer Society. I do drives for people who can't get to their uh, appointments. Right. I'll, I'll pick them up. I'll take them to their appointment. I'll pick them up again, take them back home because they don't have a ride. You know what I'm saying? And I remember thinking, man, I do this and, and then this happens. What the hell? You know, <laughs> this is not yeah. supposed to work like this, you know? Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's that's what life is all about. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Well, it turned out she didn't have it. So uh, praise God, man. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. It, I remember the day. It was a Friday. I had just finished doing a job. I was getting back in my truck when she called and told me. Uh, the first person I I told was Amanda, and I, I was emotional. I'll be honest, man. It was like a gift. You know, it was just a gift to know that she was going to be okay. Yeah, And that was the first time we actually, uh, that same day, Amanda, is when we hit number five on, uh, what was it, top 10 animal podcasts animal or animal attacks. Attack. Yeah, it was the same day, yeah. man. It was like the best day ever. It's a good day, man. But, uh, yeah, that was rough. And then we dominated NBC on top charts soon after. Yeah, yeah. I remember that vividly. What a year. It's been great. It's been a very, very lucky year. I feel really lucky. So that that would, but that scared me for a solid two months. I was in a in a zone where I was like not really. I was trying to be myself and not let it affect me, but it was affecting the shit out of me. Yeah. Please. Yeah, I don't blame. Those you are that. beautiful, beautiful recoveries, and I'm glad that you're 
all out of that and or are taking active steps to be out of it at any rate. So nice and retrospective. So we're going to move on to some episode-related questions now, a little bit of a teaser of what is soon to come. So my first question for you, how comfortable are you on boats, and how far at sea do you have to be before you get nervous? Oh, us. Uh, any questions she asks on this? Oh, man, I'm cool with that. <laughs> 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 Who thinks you talking to, man? I was just talking to David. I'll be honest with you. You know that one moment where you're completely like all in, out. and then you just check out. That was it. Just look at the gloss in his eyes. He's like, he's like, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> like a freaking uh, what do you call? Not a nightlight. Uh, uh, a lighthouse. Boop. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm fine. Like, I don't really have a. I'm a really good swimmer. I, I don't really mind going out in the water. Now, if the freaking kraken, which that thing is, is very real. Um, mermaids, kraken. Yeah. Yeah, mermaid, sirens, can... uh, whatever. I, I don't know. It's very interesting, <laughs> man. Like, I'm sure you guys know about. Un- I know a little tangent, but um, underwater lakes. No, go for it. Have you seen the underwater lakes? Like, I've heard of them. Um, yeah, the guy who uh, who who discovered it. They yeah, and then him. they killed they him. Killed him. Yeah. yeah, like he was actually trying to go oh, through. I mean, it looked like. I mean, the water w- was was denser. It, I know it was on for National Geographic, but yeah, he was. A, he yeah, was it's like a higher salinity it. level or something, so yeah, it like collects yeah, and gathers. The ocean, and then the sub bounced off because they saw this lake in the ocean, and he went to go through it, and it just bounced off. It couldn't. It couldn't penetrate. So I mean, oh, I mean. Fun. What other kind of? I mean, that's a really good hidey hole for um, a sort of a creature if it wanted to. Yeah, let's not go in there because I just watched the Meg, and I'm not trying to see that become a reality. So, oh, when when it opened that part of the, I guess the, yeah, like the sulfur layer or whatever, shot through. Yeah. Yeah, because they had an explosion and the heat caused it to like That's cause a doorway. Right. And then I knew I was like when they <laughs> killed the first shark, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Meg, when they killed the first shark, I knew that wasn't it because I looked at the time and we were only like forty four minutes into the movie. I was like, There ain't no way this is the end. Perfect. And then boom. See, they set shit up so that you can call it. I like to be surprised. Yep. Anyway. Never heard of this lake thing. Lake below. First time I've ever heard about this. Lake below mm-hmm. lakes. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it, David. I'll find it, David. I'll, yeah. I'll send it to you, man. Sweet. Maybe I'll post it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God. I love the ocean, but I hate it. I'm more of a mountain guy. That's where me and my wife argue a lot. Like, because every – I'm going to go to diary out the mouth here. So every year uh, we always flip-flop, right? So whenever I'm on vacation, we go to the ocean with the family for about a week. And the next year – Try to go to the mountains, right? So I love the ocean; it's beautiful, but I hate it at the same time because that's not that's not where I feel natural at. I feel natural in the mountains and the woods and stuff, and I have a fighting chance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I don't like anything that's going to come up from underneath me and get me and pull me down. Like I, I yeah, I hate it. Screw <laughs> it. But I don't mind being on a boat, but I don't like to think about how far out I am. But other than that, yeah, yeah. just. I only go about as far as my neck, and that's it. I I haul, I stay back. So that's me. Yeah. Top five ways I don't want to die is being pulled yeah. under. Absolutely. 
them. You get that one creepy hand, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all float down here. It'll matter, but it'll matter if it's creepy or if it's a good-looking hand. If it pulls you under, I don't give a fuck. It's exactly. can't do that shit. Yeah, like that's not natural. Don't do that shit. I grew up in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, so I'm, I was used to uh, right next. We were like eight miles from the beach. Salinas. Uh, two years before I left, I lived, yeah, anything for Salinas. I Dang lived right. on Padre Island Okay. two years before I left, so I'm real comfortable on boats. No matter where we go, I feel comfortable. Uh, I'm not the strongest swimmer, but I, I can... I can survive. So it's not a big deal. It's cool, man. Okay. Very cool. I'm also comfortable on boats. I went whale watching one time with my dog, and we went, I forget how many miles, nine or ten miles out into the northern Atlantic Ocean. So there was, like, couldn't see anything but ocean all around you. You don't see land. And that was, like, my favorite. I loved it. I couldn't wait when we were leaving to get to where I could look around and not see land. So that was really fun. Um, I... Don't really get nervous out at sea. I live in Florida, obviously, so I spend a good amount of time somewhat near the ocean, and I do swim in the ocean. I'm not really – sometimes I get worried about it because I let my brain kind of, like, ask, like, that, what could be in here kind of questions. But for the most part, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Nice. Do you guys swim in the ocean when you're in the ocean? I know you said you get about chest deep. Yeah. If I have to, I do. But other than that, I try to stay as close as I can. On the shore. Okay. Hey guys, we're going to take a break real quick and listen to a few words from the hosts of Let's Talk About Podcast, Billy and Liam. They're some newer friends of ours. We've been hitting it off lately. Ladies, you are welcome on behalf of me. Welcome to Let's Talk About, the ultimate destination for meaningful conversations. Hello guys, we're your hosts, Liam and Billy. We're here to bring you jaw-dropping moments, laughter, and maybe a few tears. Tune in every Sunday and prepare for conversations that have no limits. From pop culture to ghosts and aliens, true crime and much more. Here we have no boundaries and we want you all to be involved. We're here to entertain, inform and most importantly connect with you. So hit that subscribe button. And join us on this captivating journey. You will find us on all major podcast platforms. So once again, subscribe to Let's Talk About. So are you guys ready now to step into our time machine now that I've shown you her glorious self unsullied with David's urine for a short time? Let's go to Narnia. I'm house trained. (laughs) We're not going to Narnia. We're going close. (laughs) Well, not really close, but you'll see. Yarnia. The knockoff. The knockoff. So Let's fire up the time machine. We're going to go with a bang for the last time in 2023. I feel like we're dying the way I keep saying it. But it's a good thing. It's just exciting. So we're going to scroll back to July of 1983. And we are heading over for this story to Northeast Australia. Have you guys ever been there? Nope. Negative. Nope. Figure not. Worth a shot. So we're going to a quaint little place called Townsville. And that's the real name. Quaint, right? 
And as of 2016, just so you know, uh, Townsville is only home to like 200,000 people. So it's not like a metropolis by any means, but we are focusing our story at first on this one man. And his name is Ray Boundy. He's the very experienced captain known in Australia as a skipper is what they call them. And he owns a shrimp trawling vessel called the New Venture. So this boat, she's a real beauty. She's 14 meters long, which is about 45 feet for Americans. And Ray is quite experienced when it comes to commandeering this vessel. So he's worked the oceans all his life, in particular, the Coral Sea, which is the part of the ocean that lies on the Northeast Australian coast. So shrimp trawling is really hard, grueling, and dangerous work. They go out at night and then they cast these nets where these shrimps are most active to be. Is it shrimps? Shrimp? Where they're most likely to be active. Um, and then they haul shrimp in all night. Shrimp? Okay. I couldn't tell. I think so. So we're going to take a second to spitball the many dangers, like just speculating. Throw out some dangers of, of doing this job, going out and fishing through the night for shrimp in the ocean. Nobody what are the dangers? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Didn't Steve Irwin get hit by a stingray or something? That's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't sh- fishing for shrimp, though. He was in the ocean looking at stingrays. It's a little bit different. Shrimp but- are in the ocean? They don't go in the ocean to catch. Okay, so stingrays are not that big of a concern for this career. So it's basically, like off <laughs> of the OSHA. You don't have to like. <laughs> yeah, they cast uh, these I'm nets not- out. They haul these huge quantities of shrimp on board. Now, mind you, at, at night and they're far off the coast usually, so the seas can get rocky. So they're balancing that with having to do this manual labor, and then they're also trying to drive the boat. So it sounds like a dangerous job. You ever see like fresh catch and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Too heavy sirens. How about those? Those are pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Clownfish. What? Clownfish. Clownfish. Okay, I asked yeah. the wrong group of people this question. Clearly, there's a lot of dangers. Sunburn. Hey, dude, you got to put that. Whatever stuff on your WD forty. No, I'm saying yes. <laughs> or SP. <laughs> SP forty. WD forty. Hey, bro, give me some SP forty. I want to drink some too. Good God. Well, there's a few dangers that come to mind. You could slip and fall into the ocean. It's rough seas. You can get injured. You can fall under the weight. I mean, you catch bycatch with these things. You can fall under the weight of a freaking whale or God knows. I mean, there's just so many dangers. You're out there on the coral, right? Yeah. You could hit a coral. Your boat could, could sink. I mean, there's so many dangers with doing this job. But Ray, man, he's good at it. He's done it a long time, and he loves it. So he is 28 years old. By this time, he's a devoted father of two. He has a few employees who help him to run things on the new venture, which is his boat. He has a second captain and a deckhand. His name is Dennis Patrick Murphy, whom goes by the name of Smurf. He's 24. And he has a girlfriend whose name is Linda Ann Horton. Well, she goes by Lindy, so we're going to call most people in Australia for some reason do. So we're going to call her Lindy. And she's 21, and she's also the the cook for this crew. So they'll go out for days at a time trawling for shrimp, and she'll cook for him. He'll serve as the deckhand and co-captain, and that's kind of how they manage their little three-person crew. So Smurf, right? Smurf, Smurf. is the deckhand? Yep. All right. There's no quiz in this one. This isn't a Patreon episode. I'm just asking. <laughs> I like his name. Yeah. 
So because this story and many of our stories that we tell, a lot of times they come down to simple dumb luck and chance. So I want this story to kind of hit home a little bit, and I want to take you through with a very intrusive glimpse into the story. So there are three characters I've introduced, and there are three of you. So I don't care who wants to be who, but we have each of you pick who you're going to represent for the story just so we can kind of see who makes it at the end kind of deal. Because it's Smurf. all a chance. You're going to be Smurf? Okay. Yeah. So David is Smurf. Which one is Lindy, the woman, and which one is her boyfriend? I'm the boyfriend. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he was fast, dude. He was fast. Yeah. Give me the thong. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, Lindy. <laughs> All right. So, so you're Ray, Z. Yeah, he's a skipper, right? Yeah, you're Ray, the skipper. And then we've got David, your Smurf, and then your girlfriend. We got Drew over here. Okay. Good little crew we got. Okay, so everybody has their roles. Good, good, good. Okay. Just updating that so I don't forget who chose who. Think I'll make me a sandwich. You're you guys aren't dating. You're dating David. Oh, what? so we're both dating David. Oh, so it swings both ways. No, 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 no. Oh, Ray is not dating no, anybody. No, no, no. Ray is a happy father yeah. too. Man, this just turned to a soap opera. Yeah, this is good. This is like days of our lives. This is but... a different kind of boat ride. Days of my life. Go make me a chicken pot pie. I know. No, the three best things in life: chicken pot and pie. No. The three favorite things. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I, you all have your assigned rules, so we're just going to go through the story, right. and you guys are. I'm going to ask you to, your decisions along the way of what you're thinking and what you're going to do, and we'll see if it lines up with the real people. So this is a true story, right. by the way, in case that was lost for anybody. Am I blue in this situation? No, you're just. Your nickname is Dennis Murphy. You go by Smurf. Oh, that's your nickname. Okay. And then Linda goes right. by Lindy. Ray is just Ray. Okay, everybody have our names. Ray, Ray. Okay. I'm also a never nude, just in case. Yeah. Okay. You're never nude? Why would you need to be yeah, nude? You, you don't know. You ever heard of never nude? <laughs> is that a Smurf thing? No, it's an arrested it's an arrested development thing. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I tried to get into that and I can't. So I'll have to give it a, another try oh, one day. Yeah. When you watch House, I'll watch that. Okay. Okay. I'll watch House. So the three of you, once you get back from your shrimp thing, you can watch House. The three of you have an upcoming excursion planned. You're going to go out, you're going to trawl for shrimp, and you're getting ready. You're getting everything going. Ray, you're making sure that your trusty boat is loaded with all the supplies that you need, and you want to make sure you get a hefty catch. You're getting everything together. And the day before you're about to head out, you guys get a little news that the weather is expected to pick up and get a little blustery. And Ray, you're a hardened captain by this point. You give no fucks. You're like, my many years at sea have trained me for this moment. You're not worried. Lindy, you're a little concerned. You see this as a bad omen and like, you're like, I really don't want to do this. And you kind of complain to your parents a little bit, but they'll, they try to encourage you to stay. They're like, you don't have to go Just sit this one out. It's going to be windy. You know, just stay home, be safe in your bed, but you have some tough resolve and you decide to tough it out. You're like, nope, I signed up for this job. I'm going to do the job. So you ignore the high winds and the choppy seas and you're going to go out and do your thing. So mind you, you know, the competence of, of Ray, you're very, trusty in his in his talents and his skill but i mean i'd even be nervous still so let's see lindy do you agree with that choice to go anyway or would you rather stay home i stay home curl up in bed well you did not you did not stay home unfortunately you decided to go anyhow yeah i know that's what i would do yeah i go anyway i guess yeah (laughs)
So July 22nd, the new venture sets out with an apprehensive but eager Lindy on board, along with her boyfriend, Dennis, a.k.a. Smurf, a.k.a. David, and then our captain, uh, Ray, a.k.a. Z. So they set their sights on an area that has been successful for large catches of shrimp in the past. The weather is creating some pretty good-sized swells, but nothing that Ray can't handle. You know, he's a pro. But it's unnerving, for sure. So... You guys are hanging, doing pretty good. You've got a couple days under. You're pulling in this, making some good catches on these shrimp. We're going to skip a couple days now to Sunday, so July 25th. It is now your third night at sea, so about 90 kilometers off the coast now, which is about 55 or so, 60 miles. Um, And we've thrown our nets out. The sun's going down, and we're just trying to work through this ongoing wind and extreme rain. It's kind of picking up a little bit. Uh, and it's really just giving you guys hell. I mean, the wind is, rip, you know, whipping the rain. The waves are getting bigger and bigger. He's doing his best, Ray, but the waves are, just, are more powerful than he can really. I mean, he can't compensate for the mechanical structure of his boat. So, you know, can only do so much. And two waves hit in succession that are enormous and they knock the new venture over and she begins rapidly taking on water. So Smurf. Mm. Yep. You're lucky, David. You're already on the deck. And so easy enough. I you move. just jump off the boat. You just jump right into the sea. But See you, Lindy. Ray and Lindy, they're in the wheelhouse, and they're stuck in there. But you do get out. It's a little bit of a challenge because you're being thrown all over, but you do manage to make it outside despite the terrible rain and wind and huge swells. So the boat is now flipped over. All the shrimp boxes, the gear, everything's dumped into the ocean. You're now just bobbing in the ocean in the middle of the night in a storm next to your overturned vessel. And now only the hull is exposed Talk to me. What what's your what are you doing? What's your plan? It's the middle of the night. You're in a storm. What's happening? I don't know. I'm gonna lay back, take a get a brewski. Relax. <laughs> I look for something some backstroke to kind of grab onto it. First of all, I would tell David to take the L out of lover and what's that spell over because he didn't come and try to save me. As I'm floating, David is over. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, uh, if the ship's still there, floating, maybe. No, it's flipped over, but is it still floating, kind of? It's still floating. Okay, cool. I would actually go over there and just chill out, you know, just like basically just like get some rest, try to hold on to something. That's what I would do. But I don't know much about boats and sinking and stuff, so. Okay, so you're just trying to to float in something. Okay, are you guys wanting to stay with the boat? I mean, like amongst yourselves, you know, are you wanting to stay with the boat? Are you going to swim somewhere? I mean, you're 60 miles away from land. Yeah, Yeah. well, stay with the boat. Stay with the boat. But if I had a compass, I'd be like, it's that best. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best option. You can't swim 60 miles, man. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I would, uh, I, I would get on that boat like old girl did on Titanic and tell David. I'll never let go, go, (laughs) Drop him into the ocean. So let's see if you guys are right with your decision making. Let's see if your characters went the course. So the three of them climb up onto the hull of the boat and they're sitting there waiting for morning. The waves probably knocked them off more than once, but they do manage to cling to the overturned vessel throughout the night until the sun kind of began to rise. A little bit of light came through. So the water is 23 degrees Celsius or 73 degrees Fahrenheit. So they're not at risk for really hypothermia, but it's not comfortable by any means. It's, you know, 73 degree water is pretty chilly, especially with the wind and rain. 
But Ray knows kind of where they are because he saw when the boat capsized, he was in the wheelhouse. So he knew their coordinates. He knows they're only day, maybe two swim from some corals that sit out of the water a little bit. So he's like, we could always go there and wait and be out of the water. Um, But, you know, they're, they're, what else is there to do? They're just floating in the ocean next to a boat that is taking on water. It's going to sink at some point. So they find the only scraps that they have, which are floating around them, which include a surfboard, a life ring, some styrofoam shrimp boxes, and a couple other miscellaneous items. They tie it together and fashion a raft, or at least some kind of makeshift raft, so that they can take some physical you know, exertion off of them. They can float and kick, and they share some inspiring words of courage, and then they depart into the open ocean in search of that coral or that land. So they're, they did not stay with the boat. They left. You guys are not making the same choices for sure. (laughs) We'll see if that pays off or not. So they're doing pretty good. They're keeping their spirits up and they know that people are going to start searching for them because they were due back by that Monday morning and they hadn't arrived. So naturally, you know, the search guard's going to come and look for them and all they have to do is just stay upright and find somewhere close that they can find them. They'll be fine. So hours go by. They're all just kind of bobbing and floating in the ocean, which is still kind of active from the weather, but it's better than it had been. The current is sweeping them along pretty pretty quickly. They're just staying positive. So walk me through your concerns now at this point. You guys are on a makeshift little raft that you're clinging to. Your bodies are submerged in pretty chilly water. You're nowhere near land, and you're trusting really your captain to get you to any semblance of safety. What's going through your brain? Sharks. Uh, cheeseburger. Uh, bottle okay. water. Different, different for right. sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like so you've already lost your mind at this point. You're like insane. Clearly, like a couple hours yeah, is all yeah, takes. Zooks, yeah, Zooks looking at me like I'm a turkey leg. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's I, the captain. So that's not good. <laughs> I'd be worried about like basically. Kind of, I'd be worried about kind of like um, dehydration, water, um, mm-hmm. animals underneath, sharks. Um, if anybody's injured, if it'd be hard for them to kick or not, whatever. Uh, how far off we really are. Another storm coming. I'd just be having just things just yeah, playing in my head. Right like, direction. Yeah, yeah. If we're going the right yeah. direction or not, stuff like that. Yeah, you're definitely representing Mindy well during this time. Smurf. I'd just be trying to stay alive, thinking about how to stay alive. Save that so relationship. fuck your girlfriend, right? You don't care anymore. You're like, <laughs> fuck that bitch. Oh! Fuck that bitch. <laughs> All she did was feed you that whole trip. Well, nothing podcast does not represent the views of David. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just I know, kidding. I know. I try to I try to win him back. Come on, Drew. It's gonna be all right. It's all right, baby. It'll cost you this time. <laughs> <It'll> cost you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you're bobbing in the ocean. Ray, you're clinging to a surfboard. Smurf and Linda, you're hanging on to a few components of your like little podoc raft thing that you got and um a noticeable distance away probably a few dozen feet they see the site the one that has rattled every ocean visitor since the dawn of times a single lone gray fin pops up and slices through the water the fin belongs to a 15 foot tiger shark 
and it's hungry and likely investigating all of the noise and splashing that came with their boat capsizing and then probably them treading water. So we're going to pause for a second because I don't know if you know, but anytime we have an animal attack, we have to hear some biology. We have to get an idea of what kind of animal we're dealing with in this story. Sharks are like some of the coolest on the pl- like animals on the planet. Um, I couldn't find a note. I want to. I want to mention whether this was a sand tiger shark or just a tiger shark because both do exist in that area. They are vastly different species, but the majority of resources just said tiger shark. So I'm forming my biology on that. Just a disclaimer: sand tiger sharks are different. So let's talk about sharks, tiger sharks specifically, or Gallocierto cuvier if you're fancy, which is like their Latin thing or whatever. They are one of nature's most perfect designs. Do you guys know how to identify a, a tiger shark? By the stripes. <laughs> By the stripes, you know? Yeah, maybe so the So I, in our little group chat here that I've started with us, I'm just going to drop for anyone who hasn't seen what they look like, a photo of a medium adult tiger shark. So exactly what you said. They God have like a gray body. They've got darker gray, like lateral bars or stripes that go down the sides of them and usually a white or a pale underbelly. Very kind That's of a medium? Yeah, they get bigger than that. That's probably not a full grown adult. Oh, well. So these little stripes are really prominent when they're young and they fade as they age, which is why I'm believing that this one's like a juvenile of some kind because they're very prominent. Could be wrong, but just based on that. They are one of the largest sharks with a maximum recorded size of 18 feet long. They are truly the garbage compactors of the sea. They will eat anything and everything that they can fit in their mouths, including fish, turtles, birds, aquatic animals, terrestrial animals, free-floating garbage like license plates, and occasionally humans. We aren't on their menu, but they take advantage of an easy meal, and they're easily disoriented, and once they get that first bite, a lot of times that itself triggers like a predatory response. So these are typically slow-moving sharks, but they possess a special talent of being able to ambush their prey at impressively high speeds. So there's not really any outswimming one of these guys. And they like warm and coastal water, so they love Australia. And yeah, that's right. They love Florida. But they're happy really anywhere. They've been found many more places, but mainly coastal regions. They're not a deep water shark. They don't they don't go out in the deep. They tend to stick closer to the coast than, than a couple other species of shark. They also have a couple unique um, features, I guess you could say. <laughs> they sound like a vehicle. Um, they're most active at night, and they can sense their prey with use of something called a lateral line organ. And this works as a receptor for the tiniest vibrations ever. So, like, say the vibration that accompanies a sinking ship and flailing people. This organ is so sensitive that even if you were floating still as could be without moving a muscle, the vibration caused from the beat of your heart would create enough of a little flag that they could pick it up from over 300 feet away. Wow. They're nature's perfect predator. This organ is as good as their impeccable sense of smell. Everyone knows they can smell blood from a very far distance. They have pretty good hearing and eyesight too, surprisingly, although it's not as good as their other organs. But they're just like literally the perfect predator in every sense. So now that we've talked a little bit about our sharky friends, we're going to go back to our three shipwreck victims who are still clinging to their makeshift raft. And they see that fin and we all know what to envision So the very image obviously produces a general vibe of dread, but Ray is like, look, don't bother it. Don't look at it. Don't do anything. It'll get bored and it'll swim off. So he was right. The shark did do a few investigative passes by them, but it dips back below the surface and they don't see the fin again. 
A few minutes pass. They all give this big collective sigh of relief, like it's gone, you know, until a few minutes goes by and Ray feels the unfamiliar sensation of sharp teeth breaking the skin on his leg. So you got Ooh. first bit, Ray. Oh, my God. However, you have a free yeah. leg and you use your free leg to kick like like a crazy person, whatever's clinging to your other leg and you're successful. The animal releases its grip and it swims away. So now you guys are panicking. The shark did not lose interest. It is still curious, which is something that you don't want in a predator persistence. And that kind of means that that animal is more than likely made up its mind about whether you're a food item or not. That's never a good thing. The shark is scared off with your kick though. And it takes off and Ray again, you're like, okay, cool. Like we, this time we did it. We scared him off. So you get everybody kind of try to calm down and you try to lift the mood, but it's drastically changed now. Everything's quiet. People are, you know, you're not really talking. All you can hear is your own breathing and then the lapping waves surrounding you. The seconds pass. They turn into minutes. They're just beginning to calm down again. And off in the distance, they see a grayish triangle pop up from the sloshing surface again disappears under the water and at the same time a rogue wave ambushes the three and sends them all flinging off their raft so they're all into the open ocean they pop back up immediately dennis smurf you scream he's got my leg the bastard's got my leg so ray you reply in disbelief you're joking but your disbelief quickly turns to terror because the dark water around you begins to turn red as Dennis's blood is bubbling to the surface. Ray does not know what to do. They had been holding up so well for so long, pushing themselves so hard. He just didn't know how to deal with it. They don't have anything that they can use to create a tourniquet, but Ray's scrambling for something, trying to think of anything. Dennis, you're continually bleeding freely into the water until the shark grabs you a second time and tugs you under the surface of the water. Hard. You pop back up for a brief moment, but now you're without a leg. The shark has completely torn off your leg, just feet away from where the rest of you float. Ray is stunned. Even with all his experiences and life on the sea, he's not prepared for this. So the shark is continuing to come back and exasperated. Ray asks Dennis the Smurf, what do you want to do? Lindy is, of course, wailing in absolute terror and just grief. This is where Dennis goes down the hero. So good job, David, for picking the hero of the story. Dennis turns to Ray, one leg missing and bleeding out into the water. And he says, you guys bolt, gather in all the stuff, leave me. And with that, Smurf pushes off and makes about five or six laps. Ray and Lindy are clinging to their raft of miscellaneous objects. And you can only watch in horror as the shark slams into Dennis from underneath, lifting him entirely out of the water with him firmly planted in its jaws. Then it drags Dennis underwater, blood bubbles up like a giant cauldron. And then the surface is still again. And Dennis is gone. Ray can't believe what he's witnessed. And Lindy is just losing any grip on sanity that she had. It didn't sound like you had much to begin with, but you know, just losing it completely. You go ballistic. You're screaming uncontrollably. Ray, you're spending a good deal of time trying to calm her down and just help her focus that what you guys need to do to stay alive. But it's just really hard. I mean, you just watched your boyfriend die. The waters are quiet and calm yet again. And you guys finally calm down a little bit and you're still dreading that damned fin but you finally are able to calm down and you continue to drift and bob towards land so checking in with you guys david now you're out you have you have died via shark shark ate you how are lindy and ray doing i'm good i'm alive oh peachy <laughs> yeah, you're like it's all good it's not my I boyfriend did. who fuck cares 
Okay. <laughs> well, I'm like, man, I still, I know that I'm, I'm I got a chance now. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god he did try so to your up. spirits have been really high low i mean yeah. what's the vibe with you guys yeah that would suck i'll man. probably be frustrated with her screaming and stuff all the time but i'm trying to oh, focus seriously like just i'm trying to focus on just winning and getting out of there alive yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm hungry. And thirsty. Yeah, you would be hungry at that time. Yeah. yeah. Many hours floating around in the cold ocean, you would be hungry. Everything seems to be going all right for a couple hours. Lindy, you got your spirits back up a little bit. Not really, but you're at least able to hold it together enough to focus on what you need to be doing. And you're traveling along. Ray, you're like you're pretty convinced that you're going to get to the reefs by morning. You're like, as long as we just make it through this night, we'll be okay. It's pitch black darkness. You're being churned and bobbed by the waves. Lindy is sitting in the sling of the life buoy. Ray is clinging to the raft, and the two are just talking a little, trying to keep things going. It's about four in the morning at this point. The hopefulness that the two have for reaching the reef in just a couple hours fades immediately when the silhouette of a dorsal fin again slices above the water, shining in the moonlight. Ray thinks to himself that's the same shark. He's sure of it. So, again, the fin goes back below the water, repeating, dipping up, going under as the enormous predator circles the pair. So, getting closer and closer. So, not wanting to verbalize it. Ray knows already it's the one of the two of them is probably going to die here and quickly. He's just waiting to see who it is. So, he swims around them. The little the shark swims around them, passes Ray close. So close, he probably could have reached out and pet him. And veers off before circling around and coming up alongside Lindy. So the shark flings himself out of the water towards her with its mouth wide open, grabs Lindy around the arms and chest with his massive jaws, and forcefully slams you down into the water. Ray, you're still holding Lindy's hand as the shark bites down and swings his huge head back and forth three or four times, shaking her dead. Lindy only lets out a small little yelp and some mumbles, and that was it. I mean, that, is, chance, that, is that a Yelp? Is that okay? <laughs> Did not sound like a Yelp to me. <laughs> it's not like you guys got one off real quick before the shark took you out. But. <laughs> oh, man. So now yeah. you're gone. You are underwater. Shark food. The shark disappears again. Ray, you are the sole survivor now. How you feeling? Probably not hot. Yeah, I'm freaking paranoid and angry that I'm the only one living in the hell. Am I? There'll be nobody else who can take my place. I'm just thinking in a, I'm selfish. I'm not <laughs> a chick now. I, I know. Chance, I, not anymore. I actually had a chance with somebody. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still thinking about that cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm Are you hungry in this there. moment for chance? Or like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping I can hit that coral, coral so nothing. Uh, Hopefully not there again. I'll probably get stabbed by a clownfish. There you go, David. See? Me, there's your <laughs> there's your dangers come to light. Yeah, David. <laughs> so you've been in the ocean at this point for more than 30 hours and you're exhausted, of course. You're tired, you're traumatized. You just watched your both of your crew members and friends die in horrible ways. And you continue to bit too, did he? He yeah. got bit too. That he was the first one to get yeah. bit. So it didn't seem like it bit him very hard. So it's probably just a test bite, but he's definitely got punctures. 
just a little tight. He continues paddling towards the reef, which now lies like a whispering illusion way off in the distance that he can't even be sure is real. More hours pass. It's daylight now. You're still clinging to the raft. There's nobody to talk to now to pass the time. And every little splash, every little playful fish jumping out of the water is a source of relentless terror and fear. You're easing up a little now because it's been several hours and there's no sign of the shark. But again, that happened before Lindy too. So it's just around breakfast time Tuesday. What do you see but that damn dorsal fin popping up again, this time very close. He's terrified, but at this point, you're so exhausted that you can't even show it. You almost don't even care anymore. You're hungry, you're thirsty, you're angry, you're hurting inside and out. You've been simmering in salt water for two days now. But you see the reef far ahead and you start paddling for it methodically because you don't want to attract the shark. Silly as that may be since it's like following you. But somehow the shark gets to you, tries to attack you. You manage to squirm free and shake him off. And then you're just as fast as you can now stroking towards that coral. You see it sticking out of the water. You're just considering it as your safe spot and you're just going. And the shark is right behind you gaining speed on you. Right at the last minute as the shark's about to make its move, a big wave sweeps you up and carries you onto the reef. And then you pull yourself up, slicing up your arms and your belly and your legs all at the same time. Because, you know, coral sharp shit. Yeah. But you're out of the water and you're out of the menacing animal's grasp. So good job for getting out of the water. You finally made it. You're alone. But you did. You made it. Good good choice. Aren't you glad that he chose to be the girlfriend? See? <laughs> I didn't choose nothing. <laughs> after 36 harrowing hours in the sea with blistered and raw skin and lips bleached hair dehydration and hunger ray is transported to the hospital finally picked up by uh like a helicopter crew that sees you from overhead there are some reports that said that the helicopter actually saw him as the shark was tailing him but i wasn't able to corroborate that so i didn't include it but just interesting. But you had made it to Lodestone Reef, which is about 45 miles northeast of Townsville. And you sit there, you wait for rescue. They finally show up at about 1040 in the morning. It's a member of the Royal Australian Air Force team that sees you. And they winch you up on a helicopter, take you to the hospital, and you recovered. You, you were very sad to report everything that happened. And you told the full tale of what had happened. And sadly, people begin not believing your experience and making up some rumors that, you know, you may have offed the two that you took them out there to kill them, which doesn't make sense. Cause why would you sink your own boat 60 miles from shore? If you were on it too, if you didn't have, you know, a way off. So just curious, but Ray did go on to make a full recovery. They did erect a memorial in Townsville for the deceased couple, but more specifically for Dennis and his heroism in swimming away and luring the shark away from them. So he's really honored. Like there's a really honorable move he did. And he has his own little st- it's a statue for both, but it's a lot of, mostly for him. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on being the sole survivor? Are you done with your time in the ocean? Yeah, I think I might go into something different. Landscaping or something? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Landscaping okay. sounds good. And maybe delivery, man. Well, sadly, Ray does not make that same choice. Um, he goes back into the the job, the field, and in 1988, he's shipwrecked again, this time with two different crewmates. Jeez. Your boat capsizes yet again, but this time you have a real life raft, like a little buoy thing, and you float on that for a long while until a search plane spots you and airlifts you to safety once again. So come on, Ray. The positive is you're making my job really easy as a podcaster because it's just like free content, but come on, give up the ocean. Like, just stop. But Ray was quoted as saying, the sea is my life. And so I guess he's never given it up. He's going to live and die on that ocean. And another story about a passion that kills us is a theme. 
So do either of you guys recall in 2010 a movie that came out called The Reef? Does that sound familiar to you guys? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I hadn't watched it because it's not on Netflix, but if it ever pops up, I'll watch it. But it's it's a movie based very loosely on this event. So they threw in some more people, and there's different ways people die. But it's it's pretty well – it's based off of that. So I looked it up, and poor Ray, he's still really affected by this. And so someone asked if he was ever going to see the movie, and he was like, definitely not. It's going to bring up so much shit. You know, I'm not, not going through that. Um, and I think it's kind of messed up that we take movies recreating real events, but that we don't recreate them the way they happened. We like sensationalize them and like add all these tantalizing details and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah I just like, if you're going to, I don't have a thing against recreating it in a movie, but I feel like it should be accurate because you can honor the victims better that way, in my opinion. So. But anyway, that is the tragic story of Linda Horton and Dennis Murphy and how they died from a tiger shark attack in the Coral Sea. So I'm going to send you over some pictures of them and uh, popping them in the group chat here. So keep your eyes out. I'm going to send you a picture of the three of them. I couldn't find an old photo of Ray. I only found like him nowadays clinging to photos of Dennis. I remember if you ever go by a shark, just go for the eye. Yeah, Go for the eye. Yeah, I've heard that. I Gil. Yeah. Bite it back. Chunk's like, no thanks. Well, that direction thing that you told me about with the uh, sharks, will that work with a tiger shark? Yeah, it does. So that's, that's what they actually are recommending. If you're, I mean, if you're at the surface, it's a different story because it doesn't work the same way. But if you're like scuba diving or you're in the water column with the shark, you can literally like stop them. You, they go into a catatonic state if you flip them over. So if you have the ability to do so, you can rotate a shark on its back and they'll like literally go to sleep. So there are ways to handle them safely. Huh? Or you can just flip it over, grab it by its tail, and just drag it as you're swimming. That way, you don't have no scare other sharks no scare away. No <laughs> sharks away. They'll die that way, though. Who freaking who cares? I care. I care. I love sharkies. I like live inside of it. I don't think you'll while. care if you took a <laughs> chunk out of you. I mean, I'm in its habitat, so I still wouldn't like. I wouldn't expect it to do anything else. I'm a human that knows the risks. It's a shark, and it, all it does is eat and swim. So I kind of am going in there knowing that's a potential. But there's some photos of them. I also sent the original article that was ran in the Daily Herald on Wednesday, the 27th, um, way back then. So I've got all the details. There's a picture of the memorial that is oh, currently man. in Townsville. That's on my, that's on my anniversary. <laughs> is it? 27. Uh, well, that's unlucky. Wow. Now I'm going to think about my anniversary yeah. and this. That's crazy. Perfect. <laughs> so the last thing I'm going to do, because I really get nervous with these animal attack stories that they create an image of like this, like really terrible, scary monster that's out there eating everybody. And I don't want everyone to walk away with that because I know this is a horrible, horrible story and it is true and it is, it's gripping the way that it happened, but these aren't like menacing, mindless eating machines. So if you could go to the link that I sent you in your email and I have you watch that, I'm going to also play it because there's audio that I'd like our audience to hear. But it's a really cool video by a guy who has befriended tiger sharks over the years. It gives a new perspective on them. On a daily basis, this shark follows me around like a dog, just trying to get its head rubbed. 
I've been able to use affection to remove four hooks from Emma. I would suspect that it's the same as your dog, recognizing you every time you come home, even when you change clothes. She knows where I am by the sound of my boat, because she follows the boat around, even when there's not fish in the water. As far as safety is concerned, quite simply, sharks don't eat people. Under the conditions that I'm in, crystal clear water, uh, where they can see what they're doing. With over four decades of being in the water with the world's largest predatory sharks, I've yet to see an aggressive shark towards man. The reason it keeps coming back is because this specific tiger is trained on a hand signal, which basically means, do you want your head rubbed? predator on the planet can you actually make friends with it really puts the shark in a completely new light this is not a vicious man-eater and these creatures that most of the world believes to be the mindless man-eating monster is actually a beautiful sentient creature that thrives on love and affection this crazy idea. I wonder if I could actually make friends with this shark enough to get the shark close enough so that I could pull the hook while it's getting its head rubbed. And I tried this in a short amount of time. This shark I named Captain Ron was thriving on the affection. Within a couple of hours, I had the hook out. One of the best things that's happened to me is this discovery of the affectionate side of sharks. Little did I know that almost 20 years later, she'd still be following me around. She's quite simply a gentle giant. She's very playful and, and loving. It's quite remarkable to see this enormous wild animal actually seeking out affection. So I really thought it was important to share that because it just does show them in a completely different light than the one that we're typically used to as a society. And we just don't know enough as people about their level of intelligence. So I know it's easier to assume that they're brainless and that they just attack without warrant. The truth is they're really intelligent and complex animals. And we just have yet to learn all that we have to learn about them. I also want to talk a little bit briefly about some of the dangers they're facing right now. Um, definitely, I know this is going to hit people in the wrong spot, and I'm sorry, but their number one fight that they're fighting is, is being caught as bycatch in fishing industries. So that is probably where the majority of their numbers are decimated completely because they're just discarded. They die either from being pulled out of the water or from the weight of the fish on top of them, and they're thrown back, and they're just food for other fishes. They don't make it. Um, it's a really horrible death. They aren't treated very well. The other big thing that they're facing is um, in some foreign countries, I think China or Korea, I don't want to say for sure because I'm not 100% positive, but there's a trade for shark fins, um, particularly for soup because there's some idea that there's like a medicinal property in it, some herbal thing. Uh, there's not. It's it's a really terrible thing. They catch these sharks, they cut the fins off, and then they drop them back in the water to drown because they, they can't breathe unless they're moving through water. So they literally yeah. drown. Uh, it's a horrible, horrible practice, and it happens way more frequently than we'd like. And although we don't do it in the United States, United Airlines, I'm looking at you, they'll ship shark fins anywhere. So people yeah. can order shark fins and get them sent here because they'll ship it. So please just... 
everybody who wants to do something for sharks, those are the two best ways are to either stop eating seafood and fish or to find truly responsible, you know, resource, like healthy resource, sustainable fisheries, which are really hard to find in this day and age. And don't ever support shark fin soup and ideally United Airlines if you can. So that's all my soapbox for their protection. Um, I found all of the information for this article from the shark files, which had clippings of the articles that I sent you. I'll post those on Instagram as well. The daily jaws, freshworded.com. And then I consulted the Florida museum and national geographic for the shark facts. Didn't need much because of the articles were pretty self-explanatory. My question for the next episode is for you guys to answer, do you believe in good and bad omens? Why or why not? So I'm going to post that on all the socials. Go put your answers in. We'll talk about it on episode 24, which is the first episode of the new year. How exciting. Yeah. I don't even know. I wasn't prepared for the date. What's the date on that? So it looks to be January the 9th is our first episode of the new season. Your hint for the year is all life is a game of luck. It's your only hint. Are we ready for the joke of the day? Yes. Yeah. Joke of the day. <laughs> Everybody loves the joke of the day. So we did choose a shark joke, which might be in poor taste, but considering the topic, I had to go with it. So two great white sharks are swimming in the ocean, and they spy survivors of a sunken ship. Follow me, son, the father shark says to the sun shark, and they swim to the mass of people. Daddy Shark starts telling his son what to do. He says, first, we have to swim around them a few times, just the tip of our fins showing out of the water. And they did. He says, well done, son. Now we swim around them a few times with all of our fins showing. And they did that. Now we eat everybody. And they did. When they were both gorged and had, had their fill, the son asked, Dad, why did, we, why did we not just eat them all to begin with? Why did we swim around them and all that? His wise father replied, they taste better without the shit inside. <laughs> 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 I like that. No, there's yeah. my little shark joke. Probably inappropriate nice. considering the content, but that is, yeah, that's that's our episode for today. Um, what a finale! Thoughts? I mean, <laughs> I want to go swimming anytime soon. Now. <laughs> Education sounds like the the way to go as far as solving that problem with uh, yeah the whatever the value they find in the fins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If uh, and just educate them that there's nothing there of medicinal value that maybe that can turn the tide, maybe. Well, with anything, unfortunately, the biggest motivator is money. So if you stop buying it and stop the demand, you'll stop the supply. That's with anything. So people stop buying shark fin stuff. It's not really like people in these countries that are doing it, though. It is a lot of these countries that are that are believing in some medicinal property. I don't think it's such a thing really in the States. It might not even be legal here. But we definitely help with the shipping and the moving of it, so... Yeah, United Airlines. Bad. Yeah. I think that's the airline you get beat up and they drag you out. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a couple of videos of some guy just getting pow and then they just drag him. He's like flailing oh behind. God. That was me. Actually, yeah. That was me. <laughs> so if you guys could share with us for our listeners again, where can we find you? What social media pages are you on? Where can we hear your podcast? All the good stuff. All right, guys, uh, you can uh, – this is Drewski. You can find us uh, on Instagram. Uh, that's uh, – look up uh, Cryptid Warfare. Also, you can find us on Facebook too. Just look up uh, Drewski and Z-Baby. We got two pages. Uh, one's just Drewski and Z-Baby and the other one's Cryptid Warfare. I share a lot of the uh, our content and stuff on there. And then uh, we also have a website you can go to. It's um, cryptidwarfare.com. 
can find merch. You guys could, um, you guys can actually, you could uh, send us an email too. You can send us a, a vlog on there as well uh, for your story and stuff and whatnot. And then we can actually get back to you but mainly on, on Instagram and then David. <laughs> you okay, David? Oh, that was awesome. Oh, oh, Legit. Yeah, nice. cool. He just had to break his house down to get it. <laughs> I just had to look at that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You can they that out. Yeah. Yes. Nobody can see that except for you and them, but I'm glad that you're showing it off. I don't care. Yeah. That's awesome, <laughs> I will destroy my house. With- now, what about these? Yeah. Nice. Cool. Cozy. Apple, Spotify. Yeah, pretty much all major podcasting platforms. Um, YouTube. Find us on there. And yeah, YouTube. Um, I'm slowly putting up our, our podcast videos on YouTube. Um, and yeah, whenever you talk to someone on Instagram, at least like 99% of the time, that'll be Drew. <laughs> yeah, I basically run the, the Instagram He's and the really Facebook. really good at that stuff. And I'm then like behind the scenes. Zook does uh, the Twitter, the TikTok, and the YouTube. Nice. Yeah, we well, need to work on the Twitter a... and TikTok more, but it's yeah, going to be for next year. Heck yeah, get some New Year's resolutions up in here. Oh, snap. Yeah. Well, I thank you guys so much for sharing a couple hours of your night tonight to learn about this harrowing ordeal. And thank you for closing out 2023 with us. Appreciate you guys having yeah, us guys, on. Thanks thanks for the last yeah, man. man. That's right. What I a, know. Closing it down. Closing her down. Forever. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Till next season. So. <laughs> <laughs> we still need to end our season. Yeah. Man. How many do you guys have left till the end of yours? We have no idea. Uh, we got actually, <laughs> I decided right. uh, one more. It's good. We're going to be interviewing Josh Monday. And then okay. our starter, we're going to be in January, we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, who? He's a NASA astronaut. Ooh, so, I'm definitely oh, changing to that man. one. Yeah, it's going to be opening for season two. It's going to be our opening. That's nice. It's a sick opening. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask him these questions right off the rip. Is the earth flat and did we really land on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, bye. I'm almost a year of waiting, and then I know, <laughs> man. It's been it's really hard, like going back and forth with this dude, because this guy is like super busy. Like we've had to cancel like six times already per date Jeez. because he had it right right now. He's in D.C. talking to a politician or something. Time before that, he was in Morocco accepting uh, an award from the Prince of Morocco. And the time before that, he was in Russia Jesus. teaching uh, guys how to fly because he was also in Top Gun as well. He flew for the Navy and he was in uh, like, like the legit Top Gun did that. And then he went to NASA. Yeah. Went on a bunch of missions. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be probably like a good yeah. two to three like separate episodes. So it's going to be a long Dang. one. Nice. You guys have some, some good works ahead of you. I'm excited for that. Snap. It's going to be good. And we're going to yeah. post you on Even all of our posts that. when we put this out. So if you guys follow us on social media and don't want to put the legwork in of looking them up yourselves, they'll be tagged in all of our episode relevant posts. So you can follow them straight from there. I took all the work out of it for you. Look at that. So nice. Right on, so jolly, cheerful. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. For you listening at home, don't forget. Merry Christmas, everybody. For next year. Don't leave us just yet, guys. I have one more quick trailer I want you guys to hear from our good friends at Couple of Couples Podcast. Please take a listen, and you know where to find them if you want to hear them. 
Welcome to a world of love, friendship, laughter, and everything in between. Get ready for the Couple of Couples podcast, the ultimate podcast about life hosted by a fantastic foursome. We've got not one, but two couples ready to discuss a wide variety of topics, interests, and current events. Join us as we take you on an often hilarious and rarely heartfelt journey through the ups and downs of life. Regardless of your walk of life, there's something for everyone on this podcast. Meet Daryl, Drips, Johnny, and Drops. Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm a professional nerd, avid gamer, and the self-proclaimed podfather. I'm Drips, also known as D-Rips, and also not the most articulate. <laughs> I'm Drops. Listen in to find out if I am being held against my will. And I'm Johnny. I'm willing to do and try most things, and I'm willing to say, well, anything. Each episode, these four fabulous friends will tackle topics like forming friendships, weird science, delta gummies, origin stories, ear-biting lorikeets, juicy man booties, conspiracies, aliens, ghosts, pop culture, TV, music, and more. And the best part? That was only the first nine episodes. Let us take you on a journey through the highs and lows of what it means to be alive with witty banter, non-expert advice, and hilarious stories that'll have you in stitches. If you're looking for the next great podcast, then grab your phone, tablet, or laptop and subscribe to the Couple of Couples podcast on your favorite platform today. It's free, and it's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Don't miss out on the laughs, the love, the occasional, did they really just say that, moment, and some jaw-dropping surprises you won't want to miss. And speaking of love, let's spread it like confetti. Like, follow, and share our podcast on social media. And don't forget to visit our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com to find links to our show on your favorite platform, links to our social media accounts, contact us, or listen to the latest episodes directly from our website. Join us on this roller coaster ride as we dip, dive, twist, and turn through everything that the universe throws our way. And don't forget to check out our merchandise store, which can be accessed through our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com, featuring custom designs based on our sound bites from your favorite episodes shirts, hoodies, mugs, tote bags, and more. Couple of Couples Podcast. Because when it comes to love and laughter, four heads are better than one. But a dose of laughter, love, and a little bit of craziness? Subscribe now and be part of our fantastic podcast family. Subscribe, like, follow, and share. Let's make love and laughter go viral.